Hi, the Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. The views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. It is a Thursday evening, just a little bit after 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, as I broadcast from the dirty south here in North Carolina. Just want to welcome you all in to this live broadcast of BTR News. We do have a guest scheduled for you tonight. Um, we pretty much might as well give Brother Quabana like his own show or something on BTR, but you know, the brother is one of the few that's out there putting in work in in terms of this propaganda media, this anti-black media. I would even call it hate speech towards black people. But this rap music that's on the FCC licensed radio stations that is supported by corporate corporations and what have you, who will have you think that they are family friendly and all of that. But of course, many of them also um, are, are tied into the prison slavery system here in the United States. But yeah, we're going, we, he is one of the few that's out there putting in that work. There are some others. Okay. But he is one of the few. And, you know, I've built a relationship with him over the years and that's why I always like to bring him on to discuss topics concerning uh, the violence in rap. So 
what we're going to discuss with him in addition to some other news. In case you have not heard this news, it actually came out two days ago, but I just became aware of it today. But the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court has denied an appeal of a drug dealing rapper. And I don't mean that as name calling. That's what he was doing. He, he was dealing drugs and he's also a rapper. And he rapped about killing cops in a video that he posted online. And the courts have said that it's not protected by the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution saying his speech isn't protected. However, as we have tried to point out to you over the years, uh, working with Brother Kwabana of Clear the Airways Project, it's okay. It's, it's freedom of speech. It's, it's protected speech if you want to rap about killing, quote-unquote, niggas and date rapping, quote-unquote, hoes. Okay, if you want to engage in anti-blackness in media in the form of rap, that's certainly okay. And you'll even find plenty of people, plenty of corporations that will sponsor it. You'll also find a bunch of people who will defend your supposed right to produce anti-black hate speech in the form of rap music. So we're going to speak with Brother Kwabana Rasuli about that. Um, but before I check the board to see if he's on, he should be calling in between um, within the next five minutes. I also want to share with you some Trump news tonight. We'll get into it. Uh, federal prosecutors have reportedly granted immunity to a David Pecker. Mr. Pecker is the chief executive and chairman of American Media Incorporated. They own the National Enquirer. And he helped to keep Trump's sexual encounters quiet during the 2016 campaign. We'll get into some of the details of what he is not just alleged to have done, but admitted to doing. It's pretty, pretty much a fact that he did this. Now, his immunity, which he got from the federal prosecutors, is connected to Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, who copped a plea deal with the feds, uh, pleading guilty, and one of the charges that he pled to was related to campaign finance uh, violations, federal uh, violations. We're talking felonies here. We ain't talking misdemeanors, but during the campaign, He's alleging that Trump had full knowledge and he was acting under the direction of Trump to pay off the porn star Stormy Daniels. I think her real name is Stephanie Cliffords, um, but her porn name is Stormy Daniels. And he paid her off over $100,000. And again, he has copped to a plea admitting this. And again, this is a federal crime. Now, we also have another Trump attorney, Mr. Cohen is no longer Trump's attorney, 
as Trump took the Twitter the other day and said, if you're looking for a good attorney, don't hire Michael Cohen because he then flipped on me and it ought to be illegal for prosecutors to get people to give evidence against another person and cut a deal so that they don't get as uh, harsh a punishment as the person that they uh, want to target. All right, but Trump's current attorney, see, he got a new attorney, former federal prosecutor and NYC mayor, uh, seems to be promoting an insurrection by Trump's base if he is in peace. I'm talking about Rudy Giuliani. I'm going to have to redo my write-up because I was having uh, technical issues and I had to write something up real quick and I left Giuliani's name out. But Rudy Giuliani seems, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but he seems to be promoting an insurrection by Trump's base if Trump gets impeached. And we had a good conversation this morning on Tando Radio Show, uh, which comes on at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, hosted by Brother Dave. But we we had a good conversation this morning about possible impeachment of Trump, uh, whether or not Trump would allow himself to be impeached and would rather uh, just resign like Nixon resigned before he could be Impeach, but here you got a former federal prosecutor who I some people might interpret his language to be seditious. He's some might interpret his language to be promoting insurrection in against the United States government. Of course, um, Giuliani who's never had a problem with telling lies, even as a federal prosecutor, but you know. He called Cohen a liar, even though Cohen has audio tape of Trump discussing one of the payoffs. And the uh, other piece of news that we'll, I'll share with you today, today marked day three of the national prison strikes in the United States, where among other things, prisoners are demanding an end to the slavery they are su- subjected to under the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution now. Some celebrities, shout out to Ava DuVernay. Um, there's another black filmmaker who just called out Spike Lee. Um, I can boot something. I can't remember his name. I just heard of him, but apparently he's a um, well-known. I guess he can't be that well-known if I don't know him. Not that I you know, know all of the film directors and producers and what have you. Um, but he's been helping as well to spread awareness about the prison strikes and promoting them on Twitter. He put out a video, Ava DuVernay. I've seen her tweet something every day. We're on day three now and helping us to raise awareness, helping the prisoners, helping the abolitionist movement. Now, I could not help but notice, and I actually was going to make a video about it earlier, and I still will make that video so you can have the visual evidence of what I'm what I'm about to talk about but I could not help but notice those who are silent on the issue and as Dr. King said there comes a time when silence is betrayal I looked at two of the major new so-called news outlets that's targeting black people they're not always owned by black people they haven't tweeted anything. I went through their timeline. 
this morning. I went through their timeline this afternoon. They haven't even meant not one of their writers that I have seen or they have tweeted talking about the prison strikes. I looked at two of the major publications that black people subscribe to. Okay. Then I also looked at some of the grassroots media, if you will. You know, those people like myself, um, but are far more popular than I am. And when I say popular, I don't not suggesting that there is a popularity contest, but they reach far more people on average with a broadcast than I do. Um, more than many of the broadcasters here on Black Talk Radio Network, okay? And they're on YouTube and they talk about racism. They talk about black wealth or the lack of black wealth. They'll talk about reparations. They'll talk about immigrations and how these refugees is taking something from black folks, which you you know, you can't take something from black folks that black folks don't own, don't control, and it ain't theirs, okay? So they ain't know, like Mr. I've heard uh, Mr. Fuller say or other people quote Mr. Fuller, no, these, these people ain't taking nothing from black people. White people are giving them this, that, and the other, okay? So why are you focused on another victim of racism and global white supremacy and slavery you know, but they'll talk about these things. But in all the years that I followed these certain people, never heard them talk about 21st century slavery via the 13th Amendment when we had our march on Washington, D.C. last year to raise awareness. They didn't talk about it, didn't help promote it. They never talk about the issue of slavery never being abolished. And I got to ask why. And at what point does their silence become betrayal? Okay? This is the biggest issue. This is the number one issue facing black people and other non-white people and poor people in the 21st century. Why are they silent on this? It's not like I have not asked them in the past, hey, why don't you, you, you a good financial analyst, you know, you be breaking it down and whatnot. Why don't you give us a breakdown of prison slavery and all the corporations that's making money? How much is the state making money? How much is the federal government making money? These people have jobs too. You concerned about refugees taking jobs from black people. What about prison slaves taking jobs from black people? Huh? And then when these black people or any other uh, prison slave gets out, they can't get a job with these same people. So uh, I'm like Dr. King. There comes a time when your silence is betrayal. I can't think of any issue more pressing to victims behind these enemy lines than the issue of legalized slavery and human trafficking. All right, so... Let me check the board, see if we got Brother Quabna on. Yes, we do have Brother Quabna on. Greetings to you, brother. Thanks for joining me uh, tonight on such short notice. But Brother Quabna, I got to tell you, when I saw this article uh, on Twitter, I had to look it up, and I was like, man, I got to call Quabna about this 
But greetings to you, brother, and, and thank you for coming on tonight. Oh, you're welcome, brother, and thank you for having me, man. It's a, I'm glad you called me. As you heard, I was, I was on top of the roof when you called me, and I had to hesitate. I said, yeah, man, this is an issue. This is some, you know, could be some monumental news here that, uh, that we have to deal with this. So I'm glad you called, man. Let me uh, share. It's pretty, I'm, I'm sorry. Glad. Go ahead, Kwabana. No, share, share, man, because you got the, you know, yeah. read the article. Let, let me, I, I pulled up an article from the AP, okay? Um, I was going to read from the article from The Root, but she seemed like she was an apologist for this type of violent rap music. And y'all know I ain't no friend to slave catchers or whatnot. But I do believe in codification, I do believe we got to move and, and make certain moves behind these enemy lines to where we don't put our necks in the noose or on the chopping block, that we don't make it easy for the slave catchers to make slaves of us. There's just, I even posted about this the other day about uh, codification as Neely Fuller Jr. talks about in our language. And I asked the question, is keeping it real, as they say, in our community more important than being codified which can help you obtain justice and this is this is a, a, a perfect example of that so let me read from this AP article it says the court says rap video was threat to police not free speech a rapper convicted of threatening police officers in a video and this is a music video a rap music video posted online, lost in an appeal Tuesday when Pennsylvania's highest court called his lyrics highly personalized and ruled they were not protected by free speech rights. Now, it, it, this could be the end of this case or the next step, if his attorneys appeal, I don't know what his resources are and what have you or who, who may be paying his his uh, attorney fees, but the next step will be to appeal it to the federal courts. But the state Supreme Court, again, we're talking about Pennsylvania, turned down Jamal Knox's appeal of his conviction for witness intimidation and terroristic threats for the video that named two Pittsburgh officers. The justices said Knox, who is 24 years old, described how he intended to kill the two officers in the song. In this way, the lyrics are both threatening and highly personalized to the victims, wrote Chief Justice Thomas Saylor, adding that Knox spoke of when the officer's shifts ended and his plans to attack them where you sleep, quote, unquote. Knox was awaiting trial when an officer found a YouTube video in 2012 of the song, which Knox argued was strictly artistic in nature and not intended as a threat to police. He first denied posting it and said he did not intend it to be disseminated publicly, but he posted it to YouTube. He posted it on social media. Now, Knox was facing drug charges after a chase in which he hit a parked car in a fence. Police recovered 15 bags of heroin and $1,500 on Knox and a stolen loaded gun in the vehicle. The song performed under the name Mayhem Mal, 
Mayhem Mal of the Ghetto Superstar Committee includes the lines, I got my Glock and best believe, dog, gonna bring the pump out and I'm hitting your chest, as well as let's kill these cops because they don't do us no good. The song also references Richard Popolowski, who is on death row for the 2009 murder of three uh, Pittsburgh police officers. The video was taken down from YouTube after three days. Saylor says the lyrics did not amount to political, social, or academic commentary and did not appear to be satire or ironic. Rather, they primarily portrayed violence toward the police, ostensibly due to the officer's interference with his activity. So he was writing, he was rapping about killing the cops who made the drug arrest on him. That's who he was talking about killing in this rap. He was naming their names. He was being specific. This wasn't no NWA F the police, you know. This wasn't uh, who else made a song like that? Uh, Ice T was it? Ice T? Yeah, it was Ice T. Cop Killer, I believe, was the name of his song, and it generated all this controversy. They were not naming specific individuals. Now, Knox is explain, explain, explain that one called FTP two, which was my favorite. FTP, um, FTP, FTP, the underground rappers. Yeah, I, I know what track I know what track you talking about. Uh uh Raph of the CI fool. Is is that the track you talking about, Brother Quabner? No, it's one called FTP from uh X Clan. Okay, FTP from X Clan. All right, now Knox's lawyer offered no immediate comment in the Allegheny County District Attorney Office declined to comment saying the decision had not been fully reviewed. Now, this is some of the commentary I left on the root. All right. And and the root, the article I read seemed to be saying, hey, this is First Amendment protected speech and what have you and arguing. And we know how these mainstream outlets, they ain't got a problem with the violent lyrics of that target black people and other rappers and whatnot. You know, I'm old enough to remember the whole East Coast, West Coast beef and what have you, which resulted in the in the murders of, of Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls, and what have you, even though it's likely that the FBI played a role in the murder of Tupac because of his his work that he was getting into with the with these street families, aka gangs and what have you. But I stated that, oh, it's perfectly okay for these rappers to rap about killing black people, to rap about date raping black people, to all manner of, of evil towards black people, and that's protected speech. That that should tell you something. So, Brother Quabner, uh, what are your thoughts on this case? It's a very important case. You know, like you said, and they're specifically naming the police they're going to go after for uh, arresting them for, you know, for things that they were doing, crimes that they were doing, you know, not in benefit of trying to uplift or or or, 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 or the people in general. I mean, there were things that they were doing, you know, economic crimes, guns, selling, slinging heroin. Uh, according to what you said, what you just said, the article um, points out. So, I mean, then to make a song like this, it's like, 
main issue, bro, there's so much horrible ratchet music out there right now. And with about most of it that they play on the station in Chicago where we have this, all this killing and shooting going on, this fratricide going on, they're talking about just killing everyday people, just everyday just black people, just shooting and killing them. And so we say, you know, if the First Amendment is not protected, we talk about shooting and killing cops, like you said in the beginning, why is it protected? When they rap about shooting and killing mothers and children and families and brothers, you know, just why is it not protected then? And so, you know, the, the FCC actually, in their, um, on their piece, on the complaint form, the FCC on their website says that it's not protected. Well, they said that uh, profane and indecent content can't be played on the radio between 6 o'clock in the morning and 10 o'clock at night because our children may be listening. And obscene content can never be played. So they don't protect all this stuff that people are claiming they do, but we have to complain about it. But they are getting several complaints and we just don't think they're working as hard to, uh, to deal with this, mainly because this stuff is targeting black people. It's targeting our people. And so I think this is a very important case because, you know, uh, the late Lou Myers just recently passed. He was working with us, the National Black Leadership Alliance and the Clear the Airways Project, looking to possibly file some suit, uh, you know, to take some legal action against these mass media beasts who are targeting our children with this vile, violent music. I mean, I heard the lyrics again, uh, some of these lyrics that these cats out of uh, Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, out of Pennsylvania, uh, you know, I mean, that's every day, all day, blatantly on the radio, man. It's, you know, so no, nah, if it's what's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. You know, one, one of the things that caused... When we're looking for solutions to a problem, we have to first acknowledge all the variables that's in the problem. For me, it's not just enough to say, well, we're in a system of white supremacy, the FCC is part of that system, and that, you know, uh, uh, um, of course, they're going to allow that type of content, that self-destructive type of content to go out over FCC licensed airways. Again, we're not talking about um, satellite. We're not talking about online digital media, you know, uh, stuff that's not regulated by the FCC, but we're, we're talking about this, the FCC terrestrial radio stations and what have you. But I also see it as a problem, though, and we pointing it, pointed this out over the years, for example, you take Cardi B, for example, getting a Spirit of of Detroit Award from a city councilman. You know what I'm saying? And so there is not enough condemnation of this vile, violent, obscene, profane music that's targeting our children. So, you know, God bless uh, people like yourself, Brother Kwabna, Bob Law, everybody else with the Black Leadership Alliance that have been pointing out and working on this issues for years but man what if you what if you had a million soldiers you know standing behind you that when you call on them to uh call the FCC or file a complaint or monitor their local radio stations for this inappropriate music that's targeting our children how do you think it would stay on the air if there was mass movement on this 
brother, I wish we had 40, man. I wish we had 50. <laughs> you know, we, we could stop it. And that's what we need. I know your listeners and everybody always ask, we say, y'all, we need warriors. We need help in protecting our children. They are, they are targeting our children with this crap. And our children are children. They cannot fend for themselves. That's why we need the adults to protect them. And we were talking to this brother recently, man. He talked about uh, issues that we're dealing with. Actually, it was on the show that, that Bob Law was doing. He was talking to some youth, and Brother Johnson was pointing out the crack cocaine epidemic and how we're still recovering from that. And, you know, it takes time to recover from these, you know, these sort of attacks on your community. That was a vicious attack. And I thought about that. I, you know, since the turn of the century, their new attack has been this music. It's been, it's, it's been a, a vicious attack on our people, on the psyche of our people. And like Steve Biko says, the greatest weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. And they've been tearing us up with this vicious, vile music. And they've been rewarding it. Even though Post Malone is a European, he had 21 Savage in his song with him. And at the Video Music Awards, they give him an award for the song Rockstar. And the first lyric of Rockstar, he says, I'm effing bitches popping pillies. That's the first lyric. And then after that, he talks about, you know, you mess with me again, you're going to run up on your, on your block with the rat-a-tat-tat-tat. And I mean, okay, so later for the Me Too movement, later for the Time's Up movement, I don't give a damn about the Never Again movement and all these children being killed, or all this fratricide going on in, in Chicago and elsewhere in these containment areas where African people are trying to struggle to survive this United States of America. I don't care about none of that. We're going to reward y'all, uh, MTV, Viacom, whoever y'all are. We're going to reward this dude for pushing this poison on the masses of the people. Forget all that stuff. And mainly because even though, you know, again, he's a European, but, you know, mainly because this stuff is affecting all of us. And just like crack cocaine affected us adversely in terms of locking us up and putting us in these prisons, you know, all of them are getting affected by this racket killer music, but we're also the ones dying from it because we're trying to live it, just like we're trying to live that crack cocaine slanging lifestyle. They got so many of these daddies locked up. So, no, brother, you're absolutely right, man. They, um, they're wrong for that. And we need warriors really, truly to assist and put an end to this epidemic. And we can do it, bro. I mean, like you said, a mill shoe of 100,000. If we had 50, if we had 50, we can put a stop to this. I, I just really think, though, we should have more. And I'm glad, you know, you mentioned some of these other uh, movements like the Me Too, Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement. Um, but, you know, it, it's, off, it's awful sad that they don't even recognize how this misogyny is being pushed through corporate-sponsored rap music. And, and, and it, they might even use the music for soundtracks to some of these movies. It's just crazy, man, that people do not recognize what Malcolm X said about media uh, having the capability of controlling the minds of the masses. And and so, you know, you've been doing this for years. You've been coming on my program for years, man. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just very, very disappointed, man, that our own community isn't even taking it as serious as they should be. I don't expect people outside our community to give a damn. So let me let me be real about that. But why should they give a damn if you don't even give a damn yourself? We don't give a damn. If we don't give a damn, Scott, you know, we I listened to um I wasn't able to go, but I heard I, I saw this piece in Chicago. They had at the State Department um a couple weeks no, it was last week. All these brothers, I know a lot of them getting together talking about the violence in Chicago and not one and not one mentioned that killer music 
that they play on these radio stations. I'm like, come on, y'all. I was really disappointed to hear that. I mean, some of them, you know, that ain't their barely with, but, you know, not one talked about this. And there's a song that they play, man, called Shoot. I don't know if we talked about it before. The song is called Shoot, straight up. They don't even care. It's by Black Boy JB, who has a song with Fake. Y'all call him Drake. Uh, called Look Alive, which also talks about shooting and killing people. They, on that song, Drake says, pull up on my side. We're going to send them to the other side. Oh, well, F them, dog. We're going to see how, how hard they ride. And and so this and he does his dance called the shoot dance, and in the song shoot, this fool says he gonna shoot him, and you know and tell everybody he shot himself, you know hit below the waist. Now he can't feel himself, and they play it on the radio constantly. And in the song they say shoot, shoot, shoot. They say it forty eight times every time they play it. Shoot, shoot. Now, the Bud Billiken Parade is one of the biggest African parades, African-American parades in the country. Guess what dance they're doing at the Bud Billiken Parade? The shoot dance. Uh, Taste of Black Chicago, Last Strong End at the Nation of Islam's Mosque. I walk, get there late, pass by the stage, brothers dance up there doing the shoot dance. I went to a WNBA game. Our children, Chicago Sky, dancing at the halftime of the game, doing the shoot dance. They're even playing a song, Shoot. This was on last Sunday, a weekend where 60, I think 59 to 60 people were shot in Chicago. And you know, like I know, Scotty, if it was 59 to 60 people shot, 55, 56 of them look like us. Right, look right. Look like us. So if this stuff is out of control, man, if people just like, come on, y'all, wake up. Yeah. You know, um, let me state that. I should have stated this at the beginning of the program because I'm on limited time tonight. I won't be able to do um, two hours tonight. Uh, want to go to the, my uh, grandson's thing, but listen. I was reading an article of some good news out of Chicago, um, North Chicago. I forget the name of the exact neighborhood, but I read this article about these two gangs had entered into a truce, and they asked the city officials or this NGO, this nonprofit that's being run by Arne Duncan, who was Obama's education secretary. He's also a former uh, NBA player, a white guy, but he runs this organization there that's supposed to be addressing the issues. And, you know, I even Kwame said, you know what? That's a dang on shame that we got these all these black so-called leaders in Chicago, but here this white man seems to be having more uh, impact on at least getting these two gangs to call a ceasefire and they and, and the gangs asked for a, a playground to be built for the children and they said that these children are not going to have to worry about getting shot we're not going to do any drive-bys but what stood out to me was one of the gang members said we didn't even know why we was at war with each other I know why you was at war with because that's what was programmed into you via this killer radio. That's why you acting out was being programmed into you. But they said, we didn't even know why we was killing each other. We don't even know why, but we're going to stop. Did you hear about that story? No, I'm just checking it out, man. But you know, it's, it's a trip too, because when they push, and that's a good thing that their brothers got together and said, no, we're going to do a truce. We always, Appreciate that. But the ironic part, brother, I just checked it out. It's in the Palmer area. But in the West Palmer area, you know, I mean, there have been shootings like crazy over there recently, just recently. I noticed that our young brother got shot 
uh, uh, and killed over there. Uh, my girl's uh, co-worker had to duck down, and her, her people she was with, they were going to, uh, for a vigil for her brother who was killed uh, by the police not too long ago. They were going to see about him. People pulled up on them. She had to get on the ground. They shot out her car window. She went to work the next day with her car uh, window busted out. Uh, two people got shot who were with her right in that same Portland neighborhood. And so uh, I just say just to say, a lot of them, they just push on gangs. It's all gangs. But you and I both know, Scotty, that it ain't all gangs. If you call my, I'm sitting here with my sister right now. If you call my sister a B, they're going to be a problem. If you disrespect my woman, it's going to be a problem. You know, and all, and all these songs, they call out women B's and H's. And yeah, like you, ass brothers. Yeah, you Somebody right. called your mama or your daughter that, what you going to do? It's a problem. So it's, it goes right. beyond the gang thing. It's just so-called this stuff. I mean, that's a good thing that that's happening in Pullman. But we know stories, personally, of people getting shot down in the Pullman area like in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, you, you're right, Brother Kwabner. And I, you, I thank you for the correction. We shouldn't put all of it on games because that's what I'm a victim of the media programming. But you're right. I, I just here in North Carolina, you know, down here when I used to be at the club and stuff like that, you know, people getting shot, man, over stupid arguments. You know what I'm saying about stupid stuff. You know, you disrespected my girl, or you bumped into me, or what you staring at, and then next thing you know, it escalates, and then you know, there's a shooting in the club. So you're right. It's not all gang related. Yeah, debating about Aretha Franklin or something. I heard the other day somebody was shooting. I mean, our beautiful sister, this beautiful music passes, and people arguing about her, and, and you have your conflicts now by shooting and killing people. That's what the radio, that's what this mass media tells you, to handle your conflicts by shooting and killing people. Scotty, sometimes it ain't even a conflict. They're rapping about this, and all of a sudden, run up in your house with the shoddy, and your mama may be at home. Then they back on to some materialism. There ain't even no conflict. You ain't do nothing to me. It is all of a sudden I got the pocket rocket and I'm gonna blow your face off. Mm. You know, bro. This is just I just to me, bro. Sometimes I just can't understand. Number one, how they allowed to get away with that crap, and number two, why we haven't stopped them yet. It's just it's just totally ridiculous. I know I have one theory because a lot of times people say we just don't listen to it, and a lot of us don't listen to it. I struggle monitoring that crap because it sounds so stupid and it sounds so ignorant. One of the reasons I struggle lately monitoring is because every time I turn the radio on, Drake is on every three songs. And people may laugh at that, but that's done for a reason. But it's just, it's tough to listen to. So we understand that, but our children are listening to it. And those are our children. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. This is our, our Coach Powell said this, got it from him. Our children are children. They need protection. They can't fend for themselves. We have to look out for our children. And when we talk to the children about this, Scotty, they know. They say it all. My brother teaches in Compton. He just started school teaching. He said, he, he just talked to a class about this. Everybody in the class except one person agreed that that music is horrible and ridiculous and influencing them to do crazy stuff. So the children know the adults need to take their heads out of the sand and say, you're going to stop putting this crap on our children. You're going to stop it. I agree, Brother Kwabna. Um, If anybody has a question or comment, Please give us a call at 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. It's star, star to unmute yourself. Um, Brother Quab, now I'm going to get ready to close out this segment um, so that I can touch upon some of these other news. I'm going to have to get out of here tonight uh, early to take care of something. Uh, but do you have any final comments? And please tell people how they can reach out and assist in the work that you're doing with Clear the Airways Project. 
man, you know, support, support Black Talk Media, support this network. Uh, check us out on Clear the Airways Project on Facebook, uh, the National Black Leadership Alliance.org. Also support that, support these independent African institutions. We got a fund called Grace, Granting Resources and Cultivating Excellence. Support that. Uh, you know, do some, and get involved in some of these organizations, put in some work, man. We got to protect our children from these beasts. They know exactly what they're doing. And we're in solidarity with this prison strike that took place. I know you're going to talk about that. It started on August 21st. And, uh, you know, it was Black August, free them all. And uh, we just need to work, bro. We appreciate you, man, and appreciate you having us on here. All right. Peace and blessings to you, brother. Kwabna, stay safe behind these enemy lines. Right on, brother. You too. One love. All right, that was Brother Quab. Now, I'm going to take a short station identification break, and um, then I'm going to touch upon some of these other news topics. Uh, you're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. We air this program live Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Stay tuned. I will be right back on the other side. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All right. Welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. So, you, if you pay attention to the news, you cannot have missed or the Trump, 24-7 Trump, 24-7 Trump. And, and I'm not saying that this news isn't important, but there's a lot of other important stuff that's not getting reported. Like, you know, Brother Kwabna just mentioned the prison strikes, the national prison strikes that kicked off uh, just two days ago, August the 21st, anniversary of Nat Turner, uh, just one of the uh, historical Black History Days that... Um, happened on August the 21st, but it's getting serious. Uh, there's some serious heat being brought on Donald Trump. Uh, David Pecker, who is the CEO of American Media Incorporated, he they own the National Enquirer, and he's been granted immunity in the Michael Cohen case, Trump's former personal attorney. All right, so let me just read a little bit from this Huffington Post article. Federal prosecutors have reportedly granted immunity to David Pecker, the chief executive and chairman of American Media Incorporated, which publishes the National Enquirer in the ongoing Michael Cohen investigation. As part of the deal, Pecker agreed to provide information to prosecutors related to payments made to two alleged one-time sexual partners of President Donald Trump. Former Playboy model Karen McDougal and porn actress Stephanie Clifford, known professionally as Stormy Daniels, in the lead-up to the 2016 presidential election. Let me say something about this real quick. They didn't have no... How you gonna have a one-time sexual partner? I ain't never heard of that term ever. Why don't they just call it prostitution? I ain't got nothing against sex workers, especially those out there that's not doing it out of greed, but they do it out of need because they can't find a job. You know, they can't find a job with a living wage. And so they supplement their income or their income may entirely be based off of their sex work. 
Okay, I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, those who are being coerced into it uh, by pimps and madams and all that type of stuff, sexual trafficking. I, I am against that, okay? And those people who exploit women, men, and children in the uh, sexual trafficking. But I'm talking about Playboy model. I'm talking about a porn actress who's also a, a porn director, has received awards and stuff in the porn industry. Ain't no such thing as no one-time sexual partner, okay? They had sex with that man for money. Donald Trump, as I stated uh, in the past, Donald Trump is not George Clooney. He is not a leading man, a Hollywood leading man type. I can't think of any other names because I'm not into Hollywood like that. He's not a Brad Pitt. These women were not so overwhelmed with attraction to Donald Trump that they just dropped their pennies. They just dropped their pennies. No, he paid them. He paid them. That's called prostitution. That's what that's called. That one-time sexual partners. <laughs> I ain't never heard of no sexual partner and I just, we just had sex one time and, and so we sexual partners. You know, sexual partner is an ongoing sexual relationship. A one-time uh, uh, sexual li liaison, that's prostitution. Of course, you know, back in the day in the club and I didn't have sh my share one night stands and what have you in my youth and what have you, but I did not pay for it. Okay. These ain't, this ain't, that ain't, ain't what happened here either. Okay. So let's just call it prostitution, which we're told is a crime. Again, I, I, I don't believe in locking up these women and men who are forced into sex work by poverty that are not being exploited, but they're out there on their own free will. I am not for locking them up, but this is a crime. So he committed that crime. They are also committed the crime of prostitution. Unless this went down in uh, Las Vegas, the red light district or whatever, where it's legal. Prostitution is legal in that in Las Vegas uh, County, I believe. All right. But anyway, Cohen and American Media Incorporated allegedly helped coordinate both payments to these women. So they got paid on the front end to have sex. Then they got paid on the back end to be quiet about it. But Stormy though, she felt like, hey, I can make more money than this hundred thousand if I sell my story. You know, if I tell my story, then everybody gonna wanna know, uh, watch my videos and, and see Stormy Daniels, the woman who had sex with Donald Trump, you know what I'm saying? So she, she was looking for a bigger payday. Uh, people making these women out to be victims or making them out to be part of some kind of resistance. No, no, no. These are money, gold digging, you know, uh, women. That's what they are. So, but anyway, when you pay somebody off, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> when you pay somebody off, to be quiet and not talk to the media during an election because that may portray you in a bad light to the voters and what have you, then, you know, that's illegal. Let me read the rest. Cohen 
Trump's former lawyer and personal fixer, pleaded guilty earlier this week to two counts of violating federal campaign finance laws as a result of his role in the payments, but said he did so at Trump's direction. Because of the deal with prosecutors, Pecker, that's the other guy, will reportedly avoid criminal charges, as will Chief Content Officer Dylan Howard. So that's three people that can confirm and give provide evidence that Trump viol- uh, committed a felony in violation of these federal campaign laws. Federal court documents filed in New York this week related to Cohen's various misdeeds did not directly cite Pecker or AMI by name, but previous reporting made clear they were referred to as Chairman One and Corporation One, respectively. In the documents, prosecutors laid out the alleged efforts of Pecker and Howard to help Cohen suppress stories that might have otherwise hurt Trump on election day. So, because I don't have a lot of time, um, there is people out there talking about this that's giving you the breakdown of how this violates campaign finance laws. Um, it is not the same thing as Trump is trying to allege with the Obama campaign who failed to report some donations, and I don't think they did it intentionally, but it was an oversight and they it was it was involving one million dollars in donations they got uh, late in the campaign, and it wasn't included in the financial reports that you had to make on those do- donations. And they were fined three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Trump trying to say this. Oh, Obama did the same thing. No, Obama did not have sex and pay some women to have sex. Two women that we know of and then paid them again to keep the story from coming out to the public during the election. Obama didn't do that, okay? Trump did. Now, there's a lot of impeachment talk, and as we discussed this morning on Tando Radio Show, I don't think Donald Trump's going to be impeached unless the Democrats take control of the Senate and the House. See, cause to get an impeachment, you need both houses. That's why Clinton stayed in office. I heard somebody saying, well, Clinton was impeached, but he stayed in office. Well, he was only impeached by the House. He wasn't impeached by the, by a Senate trial. So that's why Clinton got to stay in office for lying about having sex with Monica Lewinsky. Well, not having sex, but sexual relations. I. Um, it's alleged or insinuated that she gave him a blowjob in the Oval Office and what have you. So I don't think Donald Trump's going to be impeached unless after the 2018 elections, Democrats take control of both the House and the Senate. They would need both the House and the Senate to get an impeachment. And let's say that does happen. Let's say the Democrats take over the House and the Senate and Donald Trump is brought up on articles of impeachment. I don't think Donald Trump's ego will let him be impeached. I don't know. He might be, he he is not, he does not seem to be the brightest bulb, you know, in the bunch. He is not really that smart. 
okay? He doesn't appear to be that smart. I don't know what his IQ is, but listening to him talk, he does not seem to be a smart person. He doesn't seem intelligent. He doesn't seem to understand a lot of stuff. And, or he, you know, he, he could just be acting on his white privilege. You know, I'm above the law. I've been rich most of my life, probably all my life. And I've been getting away with this stuff forever. And, you know, I expect to continue to get get away with it. But, well, Donald, you know, you were just a real estate developer uh, back then. Now you're playing with the big boys. You, you, you're playing on a, on a basically a world stage, not just a national stage. So I, I, I think that if they drew up articles of impeachment, they, he would pull a Nixon and resign before being impeached. So mission would be accomplished anyway. But let me see if this is the, uh, yeah, Rudy Giuliani, who is now Trump's attorney, and I'm I'm saying, I'm interpreting his comments that he's, they're saying, for example, New York Post is saying, Giuliani pre- predicts revolt if Trump gets impeached. That's how they, they plan it. But I would write a headline that said, Giuliani seen, because I got to be codified, okay, I got to be codified, like the rapper wasn't codified or whatnot, and, and man, just so uncodified, and that's how uh, times we find ourselves in trouble, because we don't know how to act behind these enemy lines. We want to keep it real instead of keeping it codified. But anyway, I would write a headline that Giuliani suggests to Trump, Giuliani seems to suggest Trump's base would, uh, let me think of another one. That's too long of a headline. Giuliani seems to promote sedition if Trump is impeached. Sedition is a federal crime. You can get executed. The death penalty is attached to sedition. And this is what he's promoting. Insurrection is another word. Giuliani seems to be promoting insurrection to Trump supporters if he's impeached. So this is how the New York Post wrote it up, though. They said President Trump's lawyer said Thursday that U.S. citizens would stage a revolution against their own government if the commander-in-chief were to be impeached. You can only impeach him for political reasons and the American people will revolt against that, Rudy Giuliani told Sky News while in the UK for a golf outing. outing. Giuliani also told Sky that Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, was a liar and claimed there was no reason for impeaching the president. Cohen pleaded guilty to eight charges in federal court in Manhattan on Tuesday, the same day Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was convicted of eight charges of bank and tax fraud in the federal court. Under oath, Cohen testified that he helped arrange hush money payoffs to porn actress Stormy Daniels and Playboy centerfold Karen McDougal at Trump's direction. The feds in court documents said they had other evidence, including documents and recordings, that confirmed Cohen's testimony. So, you know, I, we shouldn't be shocked that Giuliani saying there's no evidence and that this is all political. We shouldn't be shocked at that. But he seems to be suggesting 
insurrection. I would take this as a threat. If I was in, in the U.S. government, if I was a senator, if I was a congressperson, if I was a judge, you know, if I had some role, I would take this as a threat. You're threatening, you're suggesting to Trump's low information informed um, voting base, bunch of white nationalist racists who for years been talking about a race war and starting a race war and keeping America white and all this and that. You're suggesting to them that if Trump is impeached, y'all should stage an insurrection. That's what it seems that Rudy Giuliani is doing in a codified manner. See, Rudy Giuliani and, he, and, and, and these white supremacists like him, they know how to be codified with their language. Okay? They know how to, they know how to, what's the old saying? It's not what you say, it's how you say it. See, they're versed in that. Trump is just very uncodified, though. He, again, that's why I speak to his intelligence or lack thereof. But Giuliani's an attorney. He's being codified in his language. A lot of us, meaning non-white people in this system, we're not codified. We want to keep it real and just say whatever we want to say, whatever our emotions tell us to say, instead of thinking with our brains before we open our mouth. There's a time and place for everything. But I'm saying that, Cole, that Giuliani seems to be suggesting to Trump supporters that y'all should stage an insurrection if Trump is impeached because this is all political. It's nothing else. There's no evidence, even though there's plenty of evidence that he violated federal campaign laws, which would be high crimes and misdemeanors, which would be grounds for articles of impeachment, but these people, these people don't care nothing about law and order. They don't care nothing about that unless it's a black person that you know that's being prosecuted. Cause you know when non-white people, black people specifically, and poor people for I don't know how many hundreds of years. By the okay, let's go with the history of the nation. Let's go with the beginning of the post-American Civil War slavery. For years we've been saying the system is corrupt. The justice system is corrupt. These prosecutors are corrupt. These judges are corrupt. They're throwing all these people in prison on, on falsified evidence. They're coercing people to give false testimony and they're locking up a lot of people. Okay? 99% of the time, what, what is a white conservative or even a black conservative, so let's just leave it at conservatives, will say, oh, we're making it up. You're just a bunch of criminals that don't want to be held responsible for your crimes. You don't want to be responsible for your own actions. And there's nothing wrong with the system. But now that they got somebody like Trump under the gun of the system because he was never really an insider. Because, I mean, why would you invite him to be an insider? He got loose lips. Loose lips sink battleships. 
He is very uncodified. He tells everything. He tells. So I would, if if I was one of those corrupt, wealthy oligarchs, I wouldn't want him in my club either. So he was never really in the club. Okay. Too uncodified. All right. So so, but they don't care about law and order. I'm talking about his base now. They don't care that he's a criminal. Hell, they criminals too. So they, I, I, I wouldn't put it past them to commit acts of violence if Trump was impeached. So as Dave Attendo Radio Show always tells you, you need to be prepared. You need the right tools to prepare for if something like that pops off. Okay. How do you prepare? Well, they're talking about an insurrection. They're talking about violence. Trying to call it a revolution using codified language. How do you prepare? Well, the proper tool for those type of peoples is a firearm. That's how you prepare. So make sure you get your firearm. Make sure you know how you are a good marksman. And make sure you got some ammo. That's how you prepare for what Giuliani is seems to be suggesting that Trump's base do. Now, last thing that I want to cover uh, before I get out of here. Last thing I want to cover is, let me pull up Twitter and the hashtag prison strike. And I'm going to put out a video Possibly later tonight when I get back, I'll make a video so you can see what I'm about to talk about. All right. And I made a post on Twitter earlier uh, today, around two o'clock today. I said, I don't understand the cognitive dissonance on display by so-called woke black intellectuals who speak on the abuses of America, but are not lending any kind of support to the prison strike against slavery. Why are they silent on the issue of 21st century slavery in the USA? So, you know, you, you can only post some, use so many characters. Now, who am I talking about? You're going to have to check the video when I make the video tonight. I'm not going to call out any names right now, but I'll give you a clue. There's some of the uh, major publications, some owned by black folks, some not owned by black folks, but they write, they publish for a black audience. I went up and down their Twitter timelines. We are in the third day of the prison strikes against modern day slavery and human trafficking authorized by the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and these people ain't said a word. They ain't tweet nothing. No, we stand in solidarity with the prisoners. Nothing, nothing whatsoever. Not using the hashtag prison strike. But yeah, they will talk. Man, I tell you, this is why black people stay so traumatized. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to report stories involving racism, specifically stories involving uh, uh, state-sanctioned racism, but even a personal racism by the individual is sanctioned by the state. So we need those stories. But when I look at your timeline and that's all I see is a story about an individual racist 
committing an act of racism against a black person. It seems like you're into promoting race porn and you're not talking about any other issues that's just as important like prison slavery. Okay, yeah, you'll hop out there and you'll post something when a, especially when a white cop shoots a black person. Oh, you you all over it, and you should be all over it. You should be, but is that all you write about? Do you not write about? You know, it's like they're writing, and this is no offense to high school students because I know some very intelligent high school students. So I'll say that. It seems like they're writing for immature people. That's what it seems like. That they're they're just looking to invoke emotions and get a reaction and get a like or get a share. Just like how CNN showed Donald Trump 24-7 uh, with his racist dog whistles and his racist language, his fascist language. The CEO of CNN said, hey, we were doing it because we are making a lot of money off of Donald Trump. A lot of people wanted to see this race porn, racism porn, so we obliged and we we made a lot of money off of promoting Donald Trump. They helped them elect him, giving them all that free coverage and, and what have you. But it, it's the same thing. There are some outlets I feel like they're not reporting on other important issues. And so I went up and down their timelines and it was either just all about entertainment about a rapper having a beef with another rapper or throwing shade at another rapper or some kind of beef between some other celebrities or whatnot. Just just stuff that is written for immature people who are engaged in frivolous activities. That's what they base their life around. All right. They don't read books. All right. They don't study. They just trying to keep up with what the latest celebrity uh, idol has done or is doing in their life or what have you. So I'm going to make a video and I'm going to go through their timelines again and show you in this video because you'll be able to see my screen that these people are not supporting the prison strike. Oh, they'll talk about mass incarceration. They'll talk about racism. They'll talk about everything under the sun, but I have not seen these people talk about the fact that the 13th Amendment never abolished slavery and that that's what mass incarceration really is. It's the continuation of slavery. They don't. They're not putting the truth out to black people. The bare knuckles truth. Okay? So I, I'm just disturbed by that. You know, uh, Max on New Abolitionist Radio uh, last night when, you know, we did day two of the strike, he, sh he shared, you know, articles from... And he, he's getting into doing this often, but he shares articles from the black press pre-1865 slavery during, you know, uh, and also during the period known as Jim Crow, how these black newspapers, black outlets, they were very serious about their writings and whatnot. Okay, they were very serious, but specifically the abolitionist papers. Y'all tell me where the black abolitionist papers at today. 
that's talking about modern day slavery and human trafficking, that's agitating for end of the uh, of this modern period of slavery. They're not doing it. And 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 so when you rely on corporations, advertisers or whatnot, that's also profiting from slavers, then you know what? If that's where all your revenue comes from, those type of people, I don't expect you to write anything about slavery because, you know, it's not, you're just doing what your paymaster's telling you to do and not to do. So that's not so surprising. But when you call yourself some kind of independent black media personality, you got your YouTube channel, you don't own it, you know, it's just in your name because it belongs to YouTube, or Google is their property, not yours. They're just letting you use it. All right. But when you have use of those outlets and you have tens, maybe 20,000 people, maybe a hundred thousand people who watch your one video on your channel, when you got that kind of reach and you talking about everything under the sun, except for slavery, I got to ask the question, why? It's not like we own some kind of fringe conspiracy theory type stuff. The Constitution, the 13th Amendment is right there for all to read. So it's not like we making up a conspiracy and dealing in theories. This is, this is a conspiracy fact. The 13th Amendment says it's slavery. You'll talk about these refugees fleeing violence and instability created by the United States and you'll talk about how we shouldn't care about them or, or and stuff like that and you'll talk about how poor black people are and you should because they are and how the U.S. government need to pay reparations but like we say on New Abolitionist Radio to all you people fighting for reparations how about fighting to end slavery first because usually you know you end something something's over then you get reparations. You know, you sue for reparations. Like this African nation, I forget the name of it, might be Gambia, Nambia, I'm not sure. But they're suing Germany for reparations for what the genocide that was committed against them during World War II by the Nazis, okay? So we have never ended slavery in this country. So we're putting a cart before the horse, in terms of reparations. Not saying we shouldn't be exploring reparations, studying reparations, and what have you. But it just seems illogical to talk about reparations but not talk about the fact that slavery is still ongoing. Now you claim that you ain't bought and paid for. You doing your own thing. Why aren't you talking about this prison strike, this national prison strike? Yes, I went up and down your timelines too, and you ain't said nothing about it. And in fact, because of my history with you, you've never said anything about it. You've never given the new abolitionist movement any kind of recognition. You ain't told people to tune in. These guys is on to something. These ladies are on to something. You're not inviting any abolitionists on to your programs and what have you. And like Dr. King said, I'm looking at you like Dr. King. There comes a time when silence 
is betrayal. We are in the fight of our life to end slavery. Where are you? So I'm put that video out tonight. It's time out. It's time out for misinformation, disinformation. It's time out for people claiming that they care about what black people, even though slavery affects all of us, but these people targeting black people, they say they love black people, they only trying to help black people. Well, how could you ignore the slavery that black people still going through on a daily basis? All this money being made hand over fist. Why aren't you using your skills as a financial analyst who likes to put out reports, but you're not reporting on the legal the uh, financial uh, part of legalized slavery and human trafficking. You're not telling us how much the GO group making. You're not telling us how much the banks is making off of it. You're not talking about how much the corporations are making off of it. You're not talking about how it's depriving black people uh, who are not enslaved in a prison, how it's depriving them of jobs. You know, you're not talking about what's that costing black people in terms of financial gain, okay? So I'm just sick of it, man. I'm just really sick of it. We're in we're in a time period where something is being done about slavery or to raise awareness about slavery. People risking their lives on the prison plantation, going on hunger strikes doing sit-ins, doing work strikes, and you can't even tweet out one thing about it. You can't devote five minutes of your YouTube program to talk about it. I'm telling you, man, that's why I quit watching and quit helping to promote their stuff because they don't reciprocate. So, that's all I got to say. I'm, I'm I actually with a little over. I have a family thing I need to take care of or not really take care of, but participate in. So I'm going to end the program early um, tonight. I want to thank Brother Kwabana Rasuli of Clear the Airways Project for coming on to discuss um, this important uh, issue about all of this violent rap music and how it's programming us to be enemy number one to each other, okay, killing each other, not respecting our sisters and our mothers and our daughters and date raping them. Yeah, man, come on. And then their audacity for one of these outlets to act like this rapper who deals drugs, who got arrested and was so uncodified that he named the cops that he wanted dead in his little rap video and put it out online. But you, but you think it's okay? You think the First Amendment covers something like that, right? You talk about that, but you won't talk about 21st century slavery and human trafficking. All right. So thank you, Brother Rasuli, for the, the work that you have put in over the years and continue to put in. I want to thank all of those who are donors and contributors to Black Talk Radio Network. There are other stations on, on our network other podcasts on our networks. So check them out. Give them some support as well. But please continue to
to support us and help us stay independent and bringing you independent black news and views by making a donation to our nonprofit Black Talk Media Project. Y'all stay safe and codified behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. Peace. <laughs>